Please bow your heads with me. Dear Father in heaven, I want to thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for life and for another day. Uh, please be with us as we go through our service today. And may it all be about you. In your name I pray, amen. That's not very good out there. Good morning, happy Sabbath. Okay, now you're doing better. Wasn't that a beautiful song that Kobe and Shawnee's little daughter was singing out? That was awesome, wasn't it? That's just that just makes my old ticker just go bonk 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 to see the little children up here participating. You know, it's just awesome. So our offering today is for uh, going to the Walla Walla University. Worship and giving here, so I just ask that our deacons would wait upon us at this time, please. Another blessing as they're, as they're collecting is the sound system seems to be working beautiful this week. You know, uh, Satan was about like a roaring lion last last Sabbath, you know, and all we got to do is keep praying, keep him out of here. But praise the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to ask that you would bless these offerings. We ask that you would multiply them. And we ask this in your precious Son, Lord Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the scripture that's been chosen this morning is in uh, Genesis chapter 28. It's one verse, verse 15. So if you'd like to follow, I'm reading this from the New English Bible. Genesis 28, verse 15. I will be with you, and I will protect you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done all that I have promised. All right. So that's that's good news for us today. Shall we... Um, well... Prayer requests um, or praises this morning. I did not write them down. I don't have. I forgot to bring a pen up. But uh, any praises or pray, prayer requests? I have a upcoming surgery on Wednesday for a pelvic reconstruction surgery. 
And I'm asking for prayer for a successful surgery. Okay. Joanne? I just want to praise the Lord because um, our missionary is here. <laughs> then mm, that we've prayed for many times. Amen. And I still want to pray for the missionaries. Yeah. It's good to have you here, Dan. Um, does anybody think we're living in a crazy world? I do. I see crazy all the time. <laughs> the scary part is I see a lot of crazy in me. But I'll tell you what, this morning coming back from a crazy world and looking at this platform with youth on it was a big blessing to me. And I want to praise God for it. Along with that, I want to praise God for every member that's in this church and how amazingly he sprinkles out a little bit of himself, I'm talking about our creator, through each person. Amen. He sprinkles a little bit out, and if we look for it, it's there. We can look for the ugly, or we can look for that beauty, and it's, it's an amazing thing when we see it. I thank him for it. I have just a couple praises, actually three praises. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that Nick and Anna have been gone, and it's good to have them back. And I want to praise the Lord they made it back all safe and sound. And Kira, it's so good to have her back from school. And um, I had one more. Oh, the other one I want to praise for is um, just a real quick praise, but it's a pretty big one. Um, we, when Raquel first said it, she wanted to play the cello. They went to the buy and sell store, and they just got an instrument, you know, because we don't know about much about them. She probably knew more than I did, but she just, okay, so, so I'm not saying it wrong. Anyway, so they get this cello, and she's been doing fabulous with it. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I keep telling her, can you play it a little bit longer? She's as long as, as long as my belly will fit behind the cello, I'll keep playing it. <laughs> well, her birthday came, and for her birthday, we, we talked about getting a, a nicer cello, one that was, was a little bit bigger, better than the one that she had, so it would sound prettier. And she had this place in town that had, like, 15 cellos, lots and lots of cellos, and this guy makes them, and she was so excited to go get a cello. Well, because of her schedule and mine and working our way through, we weren't going to be able to go until next Wednesday. We had changed the date a couple of times, and she's trying to get ready for the baby and stuff. And long story short, she, she called me on Thursday? Wednesday, anyway. Thursday, I think it was. And she's talking to me, and we said, you know what? If we ran right now, we have like a little hour in our schedule, we could just run get that cello quick because she's just dying to get it, you know. And um, we had a little price range we had to stay in, which is hard with cellos because they're kind of expensive. And she, she, she said, well, let me call and see if we can get in. She calls the place, and she calls me back. And Raquel's kind of, you know, she's the one that in pressure just stays like this, and I'm like, ah, all over the place. But she's all excited. She calls me. She says, you will not believe this. I just called the place. And the guy said he's actually retiring, and today's his last day, and in two hours he closes the shop for the rest of his life. And we just thought it was... And he says he has one cello left. And I knew immediately that God had saved that cello for Raquel. I just was like, we got to go, we got to go. She said, well, can you go right now? I said, are you kidding? Nothing, we are going. And we got in there, and sure enough, the cello that she played today 
And he gave it to us for a super cheap price because he said, I, I'm, I'm done in two hours. And it was just a huge miracle for, for us and a huge affirmation for all the, all the endeavors she's put into her cello playing with her. Amen. Amen. Anyone else before we pray? I've been searching for a certain book for a long time, um, and I was doing laundry, and they had some free books at the laundry mat underneath the tray. I I lifted up the tray, and there was that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's answered prayer. Okay, let us pray together. And I guess, should I use the handheld mic today, Wiley? Okay, let's, those who would, who could and would like to, let's uh, kneel together and we will pray. Our Father in heaven, it is um, with joy that we invoke your name. We thank you for who you are. In the past, we thank you for who you are today, and we know that you've taught us in Scripture that you will be the same forever, and we thank you for this um, place to worship. We thank you for the privilege of coming together as believers, and we ask that you would come deep into our hearts, into every area of our lives, and that you would uh, manifest yourself again through your body here on earth. Lord, we thank you for the um, privilege of bringing before you the prayers and the requests and the praises. Lord, we ask that you be with our sister in this upcoming surgery. Lord, we thank you um, for the missionaries um, here in this country and across this globe. And we thank you and pray um, a blessing upon Dan and all the um, other ministers and missionaries who are carrying forward your work. And Lord, we thank you for the youth and all the members of this church. We pray that you would use us in a way that we do not understand how, but we just avail ourselves and empty ourselves before you and pray that you would fill this church and all of its membership with the Holy Spirit that we may be united in your purpose and your cause to bring the gospel of Christ to a world who doesn't know you. Help us in this end, we pray. And, Lord, um, we just uh, ask for your um, eyes to see how you direct. And thank you for this little story of this cello and how it uh, was acquired. We just praise your name there. And the prayed-for book that just appeared, Lord, it is good to hear how you answer, how you lead, and we know you exist, and so we pray for your blessing here today. Please be with Colby as he brings the message that you've laid upon him to bring to us. Open our hearts and our ears that we may walk from here with a closer walk with you and a better understanding of who you are. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
morning. Happy Sabbath. So, uh, I'm going to have one more prayer before we get started here. Dear Father in heaven, I just want to ask that you come and share with us what needs to be said today. I don't want it to be me sharing, I want it to be you sharing. Um, Take away all the fear and anxiety and everything, and may it be just you speaking, Lord. And guide me, direct me with my words, and in your name I pray, amen. So, I've been reading uh, in the book of Mark, and I didn't think much of it. And now I think quite a bit of it. It's the way it goes with everything I read. So the song that we just heard is Christ in Me. We're going to play that song at the end of this, too, so you guys can hear that, because the words of that song are really a powerful thing. If you take the time to to really listen to them, um, it's pretty amazing. And I've been finding more and more out about myself You know, as you go through life, you learn more and more about yourself. You really don't know yourself your whole life. You're just learning new things about yourself. And I was reading through Mark, chapter 4, and Jesus is just talking about parables, and he has, like, stories, and he's talking to people. And then it it says that there was, like, 4,000 people come to see Jesus, and then 5,000 people come to see Jesus, and, and uh, lately, my Uncle Steve and I have been working with and Bo, and several of the people here have been working to try to sell produce at a produce stand, and we're excited if we hit a 90s day with people, and we do a lot of advertising and talking and a whole bunch of stuff, but it's kind of hard to get people excited about coming out to see what we have. It's really tough. And so I started reading this, and I thought, you know, why are all these people so excited to come hear Jesus? You know, what, what is it that's really getting them excited about this? You know, he heals people, but it's not like all the time he's healing people. He just says that he healed somebody, and then it goes on, and he tells parables for a long time. And I started to think about that, and I thought, you know, maybe Jesus is doing something more than just healing people physically. Maybe he's also healing them spiritually as well. And so the more I started looking at this, the more I started reading about it, and the more I started studying it and really looking at what was going on. I talked to James and Reese one day. We were on a walk. We were walking around. This was a few months ago. I don't know if you guys remember or not. And I said, hey, guys, what do you think about this? And they were giving me their opinions on it and stuff. And and it had some really good insight, and then we left, and, and I started reading some more. And I found some more stuff. And the more I've been reading, the more I'm like, you know, there's so much to Jesus that we don't understand. And it's almost scary because if you think about the people back in the old days when they first were putting the Bible back together, when they would write the name of Jesus down, they had a certain way they would do it because it was so holy to them. And today we say it all the time. And so I started thinking about this. I'm like, you know, there's something here, there's something deep down inside of this whole thing that I'm just not picking up on. 
and I, I don't understand it. And then I, Jesus would heal somebody, and he'd say, go and sin no more. And I was like, well, how in the world does that even work, you know? Go and sin no more? <laughs> don't heal me, please, you know? Because unless I'm going back to heaven, I don't want to be healed. Because if I have to sin no more, I'm pretty sure I'm going to mess up. And so when I heard that, I was just like, you know, what's going on with this whole, whole story here? And I didn't even think I could really even come to a conclusion on the whole thing. But the more I've studied it and stuff, you know, God starts to give you things when you start to ask for them. So I started studying it and started working on it and started trying to understand the whole thing. And all of a sudden, I started to realize that when Jesus was talking, he was definitely healing people with his words that he was saying to them. And I just want to do a quick scenario for you. So there's this lady, and she lives in this, down the street, and Jesus is walking through the street. They call her Crazy, crazy Cora or whatever. And, she's walk, and they're walking down the street, and they see Jesus coming, and, and everybody goes, oh, no, here she comes again. Nobody wants to talk to her. And Jesus see, knows ahead of time where he's going. He understands the people that are with him that day and what's going on. <laughs> and he goes, and he says the right thing as he's walking by her house. And she's sitting there like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's no good, you know. And then she starts listening to him, and she's like, huh, and she starts following him down the street. And she wants to hear more about what Jesus is saying because Jesus is saying something that's touching her heart. And she gets done listening to Jesus at the end of the day, and she's coming back home. And Bill comes down the street, and he goes, oh, great, here she comes. It's the crazy lady again. And she, she walks up to me and goes, hey, Bill, I, I really want to apologize for what I said about you. I, I know that I said a lot of things. I didn't mean them, and I'm really sorry. And Bill goes, what? Like, what's, what's the deal with that? And he keeps walking. Well, he gets home that night, and he goes back the next day, and he goes, what happened to you? What's going on? And she goes, well, Jesus just came by the other day, and he said something to me as he was talking, and it changed me. I don't know what really what happened, but I know Jesus was here. And whatever Jesus said, something happened in my heart. And, it's, and I feel different. And, and Bill walks out the door, and, and he hears that Jesus is in, is in town for just a day or two more. And he goes, I want to go here. Jesus too and he he goes out and he listens to Jesus and it's the same thing with him maybe it's a habit maybe it's something that they can't stop maybe it's an addiction maybe it's a feeling whatever it is Jesus was talking to the people and he knew exactly what that person needed to hear (laughs) and it says that lots of people came to hear Jesus because for the first time For the first time, they finally had something that was giving them hope to move forward. And so, you look at Mark 4, and he's talking there with the people. He's doing parables and stuff. And I can understand it a little better now. And then you get to the end of Mark 4, in verse 35. And Jesus gets done there, and and I kind of wonder about the disciples But then I'm starting to realize that the disciples are some of the people that have the most problems. And I go, wow. 
Jesus always picks the people with the biggest problems to lead what he's doing. <laughs> and I just like, you know, it's crazy. And he's, he goes up to his disciples, and they've been there all day. They've been there for weeks. They've been with Jesus. They know what's going on. And Jesus says, hey, listen, I want to go across to the other side of the lake. I'm tired. There's a lot of people here. We need to go. And they know. They know how to get a boat. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they're experienced. They have their degree. They know where to go, how to sail. They knew, know where the right boat is. And they go, yeah, yeah, we'll get you a boat. Don't worry about it. They go get them a boat. They get in the boat and they start to sail out across the sea. And as they're sailing across the sea, it says that there's a storm that starts. So just to, I'm a person that likes to see things. And so I just imagine this for a while because they literally, the story is like this, this big. That's all they give you. So you have to kind of like make the story come back again. And, I, and my picture is that he's there with them. He falls asleep and Mark's sitting there and he's rowing his boat. And they're sitting there and they're rowing the boat. Hey, did you hear Jesus today? Yeah, I heard Jesus today. Wow, that was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah, that was great. So the rain starts falling. Oh man, we're going to get wet. It's starting to rain. Hey, the wind's picking up. Before you know it, there's water coming over the side of the boat. And it starts to fill the boat up. And now they're not just in little waves, they're in big waves. The lightning is going. There's clouds everywhere. And it's really crazy. And they're doing everything that they possibly can to keep that boat from sinking. And these guys know what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> they know. They're fishermen. Boats are... They know how to do, how to row, how to put the oars in. They know how to sail them. They know what they're doing. This has been their life. And they're sitting there, and they're trying to keep the boat from sinking. But the storm gets so big, they can't do anything. And they're telling Matthew, you know, the tax collector, he goes, you, you keep bailing that water out. You get that water out of here. Get the water out faster. We're sinking and before you know it, they go over a big wave. And I'm just going to say Mark because Mark's the one that's telling the story here. Mark falls down and he's like, he's on the bottom of the boat and he's laying there and he like looks over at Jesus and he's like, what? He's sleeping? <laughs> Is he sleeping? You ever been in that situation? <laughs> hmm. I've been in this situation a lot of times. I've had a lot of times when I'm trying to get something done. And it seems like you're the only one who's really working. And you get frustrated and you go, you know, does anybody else care? Does anybody else want to help here? I can just I can just see I can just see Mark. You know, he falls down and he sees Jesus there, the the guy who's been preaching. But he can't do anything in the storm, you know. He's too good for that. And he falls down there, and he's frustrated with him. And he's going, we're literally about to die here, and you're sleeping. You're sleeping, and I'm doing all the work. 
So listen to this. He falls down. He's been trying, Mark's been trying to do everything he possibly can. He falls down. He looks over at Jesus and he says to Jesus, he goes, and they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? (laughs) Do you not care? We're doing all this work here and you're just sleeping. We're going to drown and you haven't done anything. Hmm. Then he arose. It doesn't say anything else. He says that, and it says he gets right up. He rebukes the wind and says to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? (laughs) First time I read that, I didn't think much of it. Now I think quite a bit of it. Because over the last few months, I've been learning where my faith is in my own life. How many times in a situation when we have a flat tire to forgetting the keys somewhere to, you know, maybe a family member just died or whatever it is, how many times do I ask God to help me in my situation? And I started to realize, you know, I have a real problem with that. Because I can do it myself. I've been trained to sail the boat. That's what I've been trained to do. And oftentimes we get ourselves so busy, we're sitting there and we're rowing the boat and we're, we're doing everything okay. And we're, we're going and we're like, you know, this is good. And then when we think we're about ready to go down, we look over and go, Jesus, do you even care about what's going on here? Do you even care? I was in high school. Just after I graduated, I got probably the furthest from God that I've ever been. And I thought, you know, I don't really care about God much anymore because he's not really helping me in my situation. And the more that I thought that and the more that they felt that, the more separation I got. But the more I started to realize is that I never really asked him to help me. And he was sleeping the whole time. This story happens two times. This is the first time it happens, and then there's a second time that it happens. And I had a sermon about that last time. But this is the second time, or this is the first time, the, the second time it happens is Jesus is up on a hill now. And he's up there and he's praying for his disciples, I'm believing, that are out in the water, not remembering where their faith is. And they're sitting there and they're rowing and they're rowing and they're doing everything that they possibly can. And I believe as Mark says... And Jesus came walking out on the water, and it says, and he would have passed them by. And then it stops right there. It doesn't say anything else. It just says, and he would have passed them by. But they noticed him. They didn't say Jesus. They said it's a ghost. But they noticed him. And just because they noticed him, Jesus said, it's me. Don't be afraid. He goes, it's me here. And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, you know, how many times is Jesus going by? 
he's like standing right there next to me. And he's like, you know, if you want me, you can ask me to come help you. But if you don't want me, I'm just going to stay right here. And by the time I do ask him, I'm so frustrated that I just am like, yeah, you know, there's no help here. And then I go, Jesus, why aren't you helping me? And I go, well, then he does help me. And I got to thinking about it. And we have, especially Americans, we're professional at this. But we make ourselves these little boats. And we make sure that that little boat is the best boat that we can get. And as we're sailing through our storm, we make sure that we have our budgets figured out, our money's figured out, we have the right car, we got the right phone, we got the right watch. And as we sail our little boat, we are safe in that boat. I'm saying this about me as than anybody else. I have the biggest problem with it. And you see a project, and you're like, oh, hey, I want to help you with that project, but I want to make sure I don't give too much, you know, because I want to be okay too. And so you have your little boat, and you're going there, and then Jesus comes out to the boat, and he sees Peter there, and Peter goes, oh, man, that's Jesus on the water. And he says to Jesus, he goes, If that's really you, he goes, I'm going to walk out to you on the water. Because Peter remembers the last boat story, and he was told that he didn't have any faith. And he goes, Jesus, if that is really you, he goes, I'm going to walk out there on the water. And can you imagine the face of Jesus when he hears that you want to take the leap of faith and walk out of your safe situation to go see him? It's really hard to do. But Peter, he gets out and he starts to walk to Jesus. He's trying something he's never tried before. But he gets out and he starts to walk to Jesus. And then he looks up and he sees a big wave or something coming. And he goes, I can't do this. And he starts falling. But he's learned enough to know that when he's about to sink, that he calls on Jesus for help. As he's sinking, he calls on Jesus and he says, Jesus, save me or I perish. And Jesus reaches down and he grabs his hand and he's pulled out of the water. But that's me in my little boat. And lately I kind of feel like I've tried to step out of my boat. But it's scary because when you step out, it's like almost like, like the storm becomes bigger than ever before. And that's the scariest thing. You want to go back into your little boat and you just want to stay there where it's safe, you got everything set up, and you don't have to worry about anything. But I got down to, I was going crazy. We were moving stuff everywhere, and I got a call to go to Fresno. And I went to Fresno, and I met Steve, and we were busy, and I flew in at like 8 o'clock. I was supposed to, but the flight was delayed. I got in at 930 the guy that we were supposed to meet the next day said he couldn't meet, so we had to meet that night. It was like 12 o'clock at night. By the time we got done meeting him and stuff, and it was late, we went to sleep, got up the next morning. Finally, a whole bunch of stuff happened. Went and met people, and we got back to to where we were going. Um, he dropped me off at the airport, 
And I went and go, go check in, and the lady goes, hey, your, your flight is not today, it's for tomorrow night. You checked the wrong day. And I was like, oh, no. And I was really frustrated at myself and just everything because I had to be back the next day. And I called several airlines and tried to figure stuff out and finally got a ticket for the next morning. But I ended up staying in a little motel room there next to the airport, and they had just a bed and a chair and a little TV. I sat down there, and I thought, man, I have nothing to do here. All the paperwork that I had had to, to fill out and stuff, I had all everything was done. It was past 5 o'clock. Everyone was closed. I couldn't call anybody, couldn't do anything. I was just there, wasting my time. I thought, man, that's really frustrating. That's really frustrating because right now I could be doing a lot of stuff. But I did have my Bible with me, and I pulled my Bible out, and I started working on this. I started studying this sermon for today. I opened it up, and it just hit me right in the face because I was, for the last three days, I had not stopped one time to really ask God to help me with what I was doing. And I thought, wow, I have the biggest problem with this. I have the biggest problem with this. And then I turned on the news and I watched, and this is before all the other things happened. This is like Houston, I think, was getting their first hurricane or something. And I remember thinking, you know, we are so close to the end of the age of time. We are right there. I know ever since I was a kid, I've heard people say, we're right at the end. But we are at the end. I mean, if you turn on the TV and you look at what's going on today, there's like an earthquake. Earthquake triggers a volcano. Japan all of a sudden has another earthquake. Then there's another tornado over here in Florida and then wipes out uh, Puerto Rico. And then next thing you know is Trump and... and, uh, Kim Young or whatever his name is wants to shoot a missile over here and he's ready to shoot a missile at him and you know it's it's getting pretty serious. And we think to ourselves, you know, if I can get food, if I could get like guns and ammunition to defend myself, if I could get all these things ready, I could probably, you know, I could probably defend my family. But if you're thinking that, you probably haven't read much of Matthew 24 and and the prophecy that's supposed to happen. I mean, when you have trees and rocks flying through the sky, that stuff's not going to do you much good. The only thing that is going to do us any good is if we have taken the time to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do for today? Jesus, I'm having a problem right now. I don't know what to do in this situation. I got a flat tire. What do you want me to do with it? Thank you for this food. This is really good food. I'm really thankful for it. It's the little teeny things. It's not just the big things. Usually we call in Jesus when our family member dies or we find out we have cancer or there's a serious thing going on. But it's the little teeny things that build the habit for the big things. And I started looking through that and I started realizing that these people were coming to Jesus because he was healing them. And then I heard that song that says, what if Christ was in me? And I believe that's what Christ in me really is. And if you guys want to come up and sing that song for us. But listen to the words of this song. Because it's really good. Let's see if I have the words here. 
So it says here, the same great light that broke the dark, the same great peace that calmed the sea, hallelujah, it's living in me. The same great love that gives us breath, the same great power that conquers death, hallelujah, is flowing through me. And what if, what if I believed in your power and really lived it? What if I believed Christ in me? I would lay my worries down, see these hills as level ground. What if I believed Christ in me? And what if I believed in your power and I really lived it?
Father in heaven, I want to thank you so much for all that you do for me every single day, and I don't even notice it. I want to ask that you come here and be with each and every person here today. And that in our storms, we can remember to wake you up and not sit there by ourselves trying to keep the boat floating. It's so hard to do, but it's so easy also. I just want to ask that you go with each and every one of us through our lives, through our day, through our minute, and you just stay right there with me. Keep, keep waking me up and saying, Colby, what are you doing? Don't let me get so busy doing things myself that I let the boat sink and forget about you. Be with everyone here today, Lord. Thank you for everything you do for us. In your name I pray, amen.